following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Ted Lasso, Short Circuit, Jurassic Park, Get Out, Looper, X-Men, Apocalypse, Severance, Family Matters, The Da Vinci Code, Mythic Quest, Fight Club, The Eternals, Venom, Groundhog's Day, Spider-Man, Batman, and Stargate. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie or a TV show and then try to determine which one is cooler. Robots, dinosaurs, or a secret third personality that acts as a limo driver slash assassin. Yeah. I'm your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host, uh, the the either the real or the alter ego of Ryan T. Lawler, perhaps Lion T. Rawler. Mm. Uh, we'll find out. Anyway, he's here today. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? We live as one. We've already, our hearts are already one. So I, you know, we're all, we just back and forth. You can't even tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. You, you, ba- you balance them scales. I did. My scales are balanced. My heart is full. It's great. <laughs> Outstanding. It sounds like you have a lot of positive things uh, to say about <laughs> the episode of Moon Knight that we're going to be talking about today. So why don't you tell the listeners what episode that's going to be? We are going to be watching episode six, Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters. Yeah. This episode was directed by Justin Benson, written by Jeremy Slater. It stars, as always, Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, F. Murray Abraham, May Kalamawi, uh, Saba Mubarak, who was the voice of Amit. Um, mm. I think this is only like the second or third time she's been credited in the show, but she was awesome in this episode. Uh, and, of course, in this episode, Diana Bermudez. Um, Ryan... This yep. episode begins with Mark laying in water. Uh, he's dragged out by Billy and Bobby. And we mm-hmm. hear uh, Arthur Harrow saying, I'm sorry it had to be this way. Uh, sometimes we need the cold light of death before we can see reality. Yeah. Which seems to me it's exactly what Mark just went through, right? Mm. Just went through the whole thing, saw the light, and boom! Now he sees... Things for real. Mm. His um, cane, his balancing cane turns into like magically transforms into like an axe. Yeah. Uh, and like, he said, "I don't, I don't know why I thought this was so cool, but he just goes, who wants to heal the world?'" And then yeah. he like does this like hero <laughs> slash villain walk off. <laughs> of course, with his feet crunching. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, with the glass in his in his sandals, of course. Always. That's funny that he keeps that up, like, even, like, all yeah. the time. That's just always a thing. And I love how they kept up, like, the sound effect and everything, like, throughout the whole thing. Whenever you see him walk or move, they always add the little... <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> mm. That's funny. It is. Um, so Mark is uh, appears to be dead, and Layla is uh, hiding... Um, while Amit and Amit, while Harrow and his people are uh, getting ready to go heal the world, and mm. Layla finds him, finds Mark. Um, she finds the scarab on his chest and uh, lifts it up, and it points her in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, towards I'd say towards yeah, towards 
Ahmet's tomb, which is where I always found this cut slightly abrupt that they didn't fill in something here because mm-hmm. you go right from her, the scarab to she's in the back of the pickup truck with Harrow. There should definitely be a scene there that gives us a little transition into what happened. Cause I mean, you can, you can use your imagination, but it is a little abrupt. I thought it kind of seems like she wouldn't need the scarab to point her towards the yeah. pickup truck that Harrow is driving away. In, right. <laughs> if that was, if that was how she's going to follow him, either just cut the whole scarab thing out and just follow yeah. them out or, have her use the scarab to get to where the tomb is and they're already there. Like at least, but there was no, that just seemed like, what's the point of that? Either have a transition scene that shows what happened or don't use the scarab. I I think they were using it basically just to remind us that this character uh, is called the little scarab by her father. And like, she's scarab themed uh, because by the end of the episode, that's going to be majorly important. So. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, it yeah, is. I think I really do think like it is just they just wanted that imagery to be there. But, yeah. yeah. It, anyway, they uh, she sneaks onto the back of the truck. Um, Harrow's people get encountered by a roadblock and he uh, pulls an Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they're like, hey, we, you know, we need to see your papers. He's like, I don't need to show you my, our papers. Yeah. You need to show us your soul. <laughs> He doesn't he's say it like that. But. He's throwing a lot of balls since he's got that uh, new cane. He just scrolls yeah. right now. He's not even worried about these guys shooting him or nothing. He's just, mm-hmm. I'm going to judge you, you know? Bam. Uh, and yeah, he does the bam thing, and this purple shit is everywhere, and people are just getting their souls ripped out of their bodies, except yeah. for one dude, the dude that Hiro is, like, talking to. Um, and it's sort of like he does this, like, herk and, like, contains his soul <laughs> before it gets sucked out. And Arthur is like, this is the face of a good man. Yeah. And he takes his uh, walkie-talkie. He's like, you won't be needing this. Um, and then this very cool uh, scene where Towerette is using all of the corpses of all the other guards to oh, talk yeah. to Layla. Um, she mentions, you could be you could be my avatar. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think happens later on. Yep. It be coming. But yeah. Um, and then all of my theories about Osiris and his avatar, what was his name, Salim, uh, were proven wrong um, in this moment. <laughs> he just kind of dies, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we see all the avatars, especially Diana Bermuda's uh, Hathor's <laughs> avatar, um, hanging out, and they're freaking out because Yatsel is her name, Yatsel. Uh, they're all freaking out because... Somebody is trying to release Emmett. Um, oh, Harrow oh, comes in somebody, there and somebody is trying to release Emmett. If only somebody came to them and were telling them that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Also, like somebody, you know who, you know who it who it is. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, and you know who comes in and just kills them all with like one shot with a cane. He does. Uh, and releases a giant kaiju crocodile, <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah, and th- and this episode just gets more and more awesome from this point. Uh, there's um, this this talking crocodile thing comes out, and uh, it's uh, what am I missing? Oh yes. Um, uh, uh, what's Harrow immediately starts being all like, "Hey, uh, we released you." 
and yeah. but I'm not worthy because I'm not balanced. And she's like, and and he says, you know, I have all of these acolytes all around the world with balanced souls, like ready yeah. f- ready for you to take over whichever one like you deem worthy. He's committed to his cause. I'll I'll give you that. He's he's, he's a true believer, and even tries to convince her, like, no, no. I'm not the one you should pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely, he's willing to die. So that's that's impressive. At least he believed in his cause. It's it's you know, that I'll give him that. He's yeah, I can. I'll give him that. <laughs> he is a shithead and a villain, but I can respect a villain that uh, is true to their convictions. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like Thanos in his snap. Did he? Was he? Was he involved in the fifty-fifty? Probably not. If it was Harrow, if it was him snapping, he'd be like, take me 50 52. If, if, if that's, you know, I feel like it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, even then, Thanos' logic was consistent, though, because he had to, he had to spare himself, like, according to his, I'm not justifying Thanos, but he, according to his plan, he had to spare himself so that he could destroy the stones afterwards to prevent them from being used again. So, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Yep. You're right. Um, but this is not the Avengers Endgame podcast. This yeah. is Moon Knight. Where we're talking about uh, Amit. And Amit does not want uh, a, an avatar with their scales balanced. Um, no. She says the last one locked her away for 2,000 years. Uh, that was um, that was Alexander the Great, right? Yeah. She was talking about Alexander. Yeah. And yeah. she says, I just thought this line was cool. Your death is delayed. Yeah. I like it. I like that. I really, this is one of my favorite scenes of this whole episode. I really mm-hmm. liked Ethan Hawke and just the way he portrayed that almost like he's just, he's submitting himself and he's scared, but he's doing it anyway. And I like the way he played it. Uh, you could tell he was, ner- like I said, he's nervous, he's scared, but he's just doing it because that's, he knows his skills aren't balanced. And he went into this knowing that. And I do have to say, I really, in- I, di- I really enjoyed that. And so far, I like Amit. She's given good life advice. She says, um, do not let the pain of the past control you. And that's just good advice for anybody. Yeah, it is. Even if you are a a glass-sandaled villain. Yeah. Hey, you know, when you're a guy who's been around for thousands of years, you have a a couple good uh, advice to give. (laughs) Yeah. One would hope. You're not not entirely just a a completely evil uh, (laughs) one-note alligator thing at least you've learned some sympathy or empathy over the last thousand years you know yeah uh so (laughs) so then um conchu all i wrote down so i meant there you can help me fill in the gaps here but all i wrote down was conchu says to layla you need a plan little bug yes well con you know that you know she's told that she has to break the the, what do they call the statue? The statue, anyway, has to release Kanchu, so she does that, release Kanchu. And I love how Kanchu first, he's literally barely even formed, and he's like, I do not sense Mark. Like, right off the bat, he knows mm. Mark not alive, which I thought was really cool. And then from Shopti. Shopti is the word. Yes. Sorry. You Shopti. Yes. So I thought it was cool how he just comes to life and immediately is like, Mark, Mark Spector is not alive or he's no longer here. I do not sense Mark, which is great. And then immediately tries to take her as um, his avatar and she denies, denies. No, no, no. Because mm-hmm. she's smart. Layla's smart. And she knows. She's like, you know, you fucked Mark all these years or all this 
not years, I guess it's months at this point, but you basically spent all the, or, yeah, well, you spent all this time fucking with Mark and making him crazy and I'm not doing it, you know, and she, and, and she knows that, uh, you know, he, he's no good. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, I, what is, what is Concho? He's not good. He's not necessarily bad, but he's not, he's, you know, he's what he is. Um, but anyway, yeah. so she doesn't want to take she doesn't want to take him on as his avatar. So she, and then she, he immediately is like him. He just he's out. She's when she says no, he's out. And then he goes and informs in where Ahmed is, and they start to kind of talk, and then they end up fighting. Mm, yes, then they, they they both become big kaiju and battle each other, and it's, it becomes a that comes a little. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, you're right, you're right. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself because that's my favorite part of the episode. Um, oh, Kaiju's, yes! What is this, Pacific uh, Rim? It was so great. Um, and again, reminding us that uh, uh, Layla has a lot to do with bugs, scarabs. Yes. Um, you need a plan, little bug. Yeah. Uh, Mark is amongst the beautiful, beautiful field of reeds, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, it's oh, it's so quiet. And Tower Red is is describing how he manifested this place. Um, it's a basically a, like a for the first time in in his life. It's this world with no danger, no loneliness, no hurt. And uh, he it's not good enough though because it meant he had to he had to he had to let Stephen sacrifice himself. Yeah. So he decides to go back for Stephen. Yeah. And I thought this was really beautiful. Um, he says, uh, you know, they're having a whole conversation about how, how he created him. And then, like, Stephen saved his life. And he says, you didn't abandon me. You were the only real superpower I ever had. Yeah, that, was a, that was a tearjerker right there. That, that, mm. was, that was wet eye. <laughs> yeah, that was sad. That was, that was like, wow, yeah, damn. And he is. He, he was the power that came out and gave him the strength to get through the tough times that you know, he basically is the reason he made it through all this stuff just because of Steven. Steven was his shield. And, um, that's awesome. I think mm-hmm. that was beautiful. I, I love that scene. Uh, then we got Amit and Kanchu arguing and Amit says, um, uh, Oh, Kanchu for God, you are low on faith. Uh, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's clear that Amit's going to win and offers Kanchu mercy and Kanchu says, I choose obliteration over mercy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kanchu, this was a little fuzzy to me. Another one of those, like, sort of yada yada edits. But Kanchu just sort of, like, busts out, goes and revives Mark. Um, then Mark gets his suit back. And he looks yeah. really cool when he's flying. That's most muddled together, kind of. yeah. Most, uh, I will say this, I, like most, so we see a lot of movies, TV shows with flying superheroes yeah. and it rarely looks cool. Do you know what I mean? Do you agree? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely awkward, weird. You liked this Moon Knight scene, huh? I really did. I thought like <laughs> the way his cape turns into like the half moon yeah, crescent, That was cool. um, it kind of looks like a glider like a very unique design and when he like flies and is silhouetted up against the sky yeah. and it's like all the moon imagery and everything. I just thought like this was a really unique way to show 
a superhero flying, and it's nothing new, but it just I, I thought it looked cooler than it usually does. It did, but I was a little jarred by the fact that we'd never ever seen him fly before. So I was like, "Oh, Moon Knight flies like out of nowhere." So I was a little like, "Really? Okay, is he flying on wind gusts?" Because it looked to me almost like I am not. I am the god of the moon and the night. And then he like rustles up some like wind or something. Is he riding like wind gusts or is he actually flying? That's a good question. I thought for some reason I remembered seeing him flying in like episode two when he's like getting the the jackal to chase him on the rooftops or whatever. I thought he was flying then. Um, But even if I'm misremembering that, I will say this. It, 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 it's, I'm okay with like in this final episode this like last battle yeah. he gets some sort of like new upgrade like kind of now he can fly thing it makes it's fine <laughs> it's yeah. cool they gotta get to cairo somehow <laughs> <laughs> um this is where osiris slash salim gets killed and layla uh goes and she finds like all of the ushabtis um and she smashes the right one and Tauret makes her uh her avatar and I don't think this is this this combination of words is ever said in the episode, but she becomes the Scarlet Scarab. She does, yes. And I don't think they ever said it, but you know. But it, it's all over the internet. She's yeah. the Scarlet Scarab, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I think is cool that which I I, I believe that originally she doesn't get powers from a god, but I like how they okay. did it so which she's like, she's like the avatar, tow, tower, towernet, tower, towerette, towerette. Her, yeah. her whole deal kind of looks like Falcon, like it's like metal wings that like pop out yeah. and are sh- have like sharp end edges. I thought she was badass, actually. I was, yeah. Like, yeah, she's awesome. So I'm in. I'm in on the the red scarab, the red the. Is that what it's called? <laughs> She's called Scarlet Scarab. Scarlet Scarab. Right, it's it's comic books. Yeah. You gotta have the alliteration. Yeah, of course you do, yeah. <laughs> um and when Tarawit sees her, she makes uh a problem like one of those intentional, unintentional puns. Oh, your father is going to be over the moon when he hears. I do think that's awesome how they do the the acting with the, the clearly the voice of Towerette, Tower Towerette. And then she's like acting like like that. That's cool. I like that stuff. Mm, that was fun. That's fun. I thought that was awesome. Um, this is okay. This is when we get to uh, my favorite part of the episode. Uh, I believe it is Harrow says um, basically like it's like talking to all of the all of his people, and he says like followers of Amit, go judge everyone, and yeah. sends them out to go just basically start taking souls. Yeah, in uh, mass. Everybody's got like tattoos now that do the scale thing, and it's just like on a mass, on a mass uh, scale. And then, he, then your girl is eating all the souls, and she's mm. up. <laughs> and she tells Kanchu, uh, "There is so little difference between what we want for this world." Um, and I do I, again. I think Ahmed is constantly like I'm not on Ahmed's side, but I think everything she says is like she's not using deception. She's not a liar. And I'm um, we've had we had this conversation on like one of the episodes a few ago about like like yeah she's 
she's judging people and taking them out before they do the bad thing, which it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But just like Conchu says, you can't take away people's free will before they've even, it's, it's a, it's such a complicated thing. It's right. But at the same time, it's wrong. (laughs) You know, I, I can't, it's, it's hard to really, I can, I can, I can understand both sides. Mm -hmm. So it's, it sucks, but is what it is. Uh, so then they are showing both this like street level battle at the same time in the background. There's this Power Rangers like kaiju battle where they're destroying <laughs> buildings and like throwing huge punches at each other. Yeah. Um, and I was just 12 years old watching it. It was so great. Oh, it's awesome. And a lot of the fights kind of they kind of mirrored each other, not mirrored each other, but were similar to each other as they were going on too, which like when Moon Knight got knocked down, so did Khonshu and which was kind of cool, like in that way. Now Mm -hmm. I have a question for you. Do you think that the the Kaiju fight was something that everyone saw? Hmm. Because I almost feel like just like the guy, only people who are only people who are, avatars or associated with the gods or our god can see them so i felt like like the regular people couldn't see that fight because at no time did they show anyone from the ground or anyone like whoa shit what is that giant bird head you know it just well they're them like what about them like destroying like the pyramids and the things that they were smashing each other into people would have seen that right at the very least creation two or was that just part of the illusion? I don't know. Because, yeah, there's a part where it's like his cane hits the ground and he knocks a bunch of cars and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. I, th- I think maybe they would have seen something like when the, the two British women that were like, oh, he's just a fancy drunk. Yeah. Uh, when, when, like, he was fighting the jackal, but the jackal was invisible. But what it was doing to the bus or to that guy's windshield was visible. Was happening. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's something like that. I think it's something like that, yes. Um, speaking of buses, Layla saves a kid from a bus. Um, and this was I, I, this was like so on the nose, but again, it's, it's a comic book world. Uh, this kid is just like, wow, are you an Egyptian superhero? <laughs> and she goes, I am. I am. Um, it was, and it works. It just works. It, like, it's... Because <laughs> I felt good for that kid, you know? My God. Yeah. Or she's got her superhero, you know, and that's yeah. that's. I like. Uh, then I definitely yada yada through a lot of stuff. I think, um, but Mark blacks out when he comes to Layla's all what the fuck, and there's like a bunch of bl- blood and bodies everywhere, and they're just like dragging Harrow. Somehow the fight is over. Like yeah. we just kind of blinked through it, um, and yeah. they're dragging Harrow into the chamber because they realize that they have to put Amit into a mortal form in yeah. order to defeat her. Right. I, I actually really like that fight scene. I thought it was really cool that you really got to actually see them be badass and fight real, like, well for the first time. And they went back and forth between the two. Mark, mm. he was like, he'd throw the baton and then ping, he caught it as Moon Knight. It was, like, cool. I liked the way they did that. It was, it was really, it was awesome. That was cool. But, uh, um, and yeah, so Mark is about to kill Harrow 
um, brutally, and Layla is like kind of pulls his his hand. She's like, "No, you have a choice." Oh, did we go over the part? Yeah, you said he blacked out. He did that thing like he did in the first episode or two. It's like, and then goes away and then comes back and everyone's fucking beat the fuck up and Harrow's like almost dead. And Mm -hmm. that's that's Jake, right? We can say that, right? Spoiler At this point, yeah. Now we know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, they drag Harrow into the chamber to complete the ritual. I guess of trapping Amit inside of him so that they can kill the mortal form, but then Mark doesn't. He does. So instead, they just like, I guess, arrest him. Yeah, because he's, you know, well, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that he got put in, he got put in a mental asylum because he's now fucking nuts. Who's going to believe that? I guess if, unless mm. I actually saw gods fighting and smashing into pyramids and then be like, oh, maybe I kind of do believe you, but. I think ultimately he went to a sane asylum because he's kind of. They didn't really show any scene. Another part where there should have maybe been a filler scene to see something about how, like, where's Arthur at after that? It just goes that to he's in an insane asylum. Like, is there a show a scene of him being crazy or he's lost his mind or something that leads us to believe that he would be here after? I felt also, there parts in this episode where they just like skipped, like they almost left you to fill in a blank that was a little too big. Like, I totally I, agree. I get that sometimes, like, you know, let the audience figure it out and move on to keep the pace going. But you, like you still like there were just parts that were skipped too much in, in this that needed a little like explanation in the middle. I yeah, loved, like what loved it. And the episode was great, but. I feel there were parts that were rushed through. Like, what does it mean that Amit is contained inside of him now? Like, what right. is what are the re- even the repercussions yeah. re- repercussions of that? What happened um, to Arthur with a god inside him? Does is he a super avatar? I mean, what what is that? Right. Mean? It's just there's no there's nothing that explains it in any way. I, I mean, you know, I just wish there was maybe like make the episode like an hour and. 15 minutes or something to get all these things explained out because you there was a lot in this show that you could have expanded this final episode to make it a little bit i'm not saying i didn't like it it was great but there were parts that were eased through like real quick yeah honestly even like 10 minutes they could have i think they could have done it it feels like things were cut it feels that's what it feels like to me is that they had that stuff but it got either cut for budget or maybe like complications due to filming because of COVID and they couldn't film everything they wanted to. But yeah, it felt like pages of the script were just torn out and they were just like, we don't need them. We'll, we'll, we'll get by. We'll be fine. We like went from here to like, bam, we're here. It's like, (laughs) but you know what? Maybe that's the feeling we're supposed to have because that's the feeling that Mark has every time Jake Lockley appears. Who knows? You're right. No, Um, artsy right there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they cut to that asylum, and I noted that uh, Arthur's feet are bleeding when we see him in this yeah. asylum. Um, you know, this- obviously due to all the glass in his sandals. Right, and I think it's kind of like Mark Stevens' way of realizing that this was a manifestation of his mind, mm-hmm. and he's now ready to dip out. He's like, "I'm good now." Like, we've become one. I've figured myself out. And he's like, I'm going to save the world. And he's like, later skaters, boom. And he just, <laughs> he just falls back out. And he's like, I'm done with this. 
as he started to see like that Arthur's real, he's really based on the doctor is really based on Arthur from the real world. You know, so he kind of was just like, oh, this is this is my mind manifesting all this stuff into. And he's like, I'm out. He dips and then he goes into the real world and he's back to being Stephen. But now Mark and Stephen are one and they're living a great life in his messy apartment. Yeah. I'm a little bummed they didn't show like whether what he's like, whether he's still working at the museum or not. But, you know, yeah. that's season two, maybe. I really hope there's more. I, I would love to see this story expand because I, I, I was I really enjoyed this show. I just I wish the last episode was a little more slow paced so I could get it, get a little bit more of it or at least make another episode of it. It was really crammed in the end. But that's all right. The show was still fantastic. It doesn't beat WandaVision, but it's great. Great show. Agreed. The the way they ended it felt it felt very incomplete. Like there like there needs to be a season two. Yeah. Um, even especially with like the after credits scene that we get, it definitely feels like they're either setting it up or they're basically saying like we're not done telling the story. Um, but yeah, I, again, it goes back to like, I do wish there was about 10 more minutes to give yeah. everything a little bit of a neater bow and make this feel like a f- complete season. A more scenes to fill in some, just, just some stuff that doesn't come together totally. Yeah. I think that would be nice. Did we cover everything in the episode? Are we ready to talk about the post credits sequence? Yeah, we can move right on to that. Um, so set this up. Do you have like a good like sequence of events for this post credits thing? Um, not. I mean, I could basically remember it. We open up with you know Harrow is in a mental institution and he's going to be taken, and we see this mysterious figure come in, take his wheelchair. He speaks Spanish, by the way. Um, mm. What that really means, but he does. I don't know if Jake Lockley was. I know Oscar Isaac is Spanish or of Spanish heritage, so that kind of makes sense. But anyways, and he comes and they start wheeling Harrow out. You know, do 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 do, and he's going, and then Harrow is kind of like looking. He's still got the tattoo on his arm, which I noticed, which is cool. So that's all real. And then uh, he kind of looks over and he sees some of the attendants of the asylum, like on the floor, dead, bleeding. And he's like, oh, shit, what's going on? And then we cut outside to the nice, a nice stretched white limousine. This mysterious character, which is Jake, um, basically, <laughs> basically wheels Harrow, tosses him into the back of the limo, closes the door. And I love how he just, like, rolls the wheelchair and just kicks it, <laughs> like, hits the curb and goes over. And then mm-hmm. cuts to inside, and Harrow is... Um, in there and he sees his old his old buddy Kanchu is in the limousine in like and, a suit right he's like dressed it, real yeah, nice like got the suit kind of like what like Mr. Knight wore but with his head so he's like suave and slick now <laughs> uh, cool and um you know and and Harrow clearly I think Harrow can now see him because yeah. is inside of him so when you're when you're an avatar of a god you can see the other god makes so, sense which is why, you know, talks to him and basically tells him, oh, yeah, Mark, Stephen kind of thought that I was after his wife and wanted his avatar. But all this time, Stephen or Mark was really the one I wanted all along. And it was his third personality, Jake. And he gives a little knock. 
rolls down the window and Jake is there. Badass as ever, you know, turns with like the the gun, like the silencer on it. It's like, bing, 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 fucking pops Arthur. And they drive off and it was badass. And it just kind of leaves us like, what? So Steven and Mark are like living in the body, but Jake is still the avatar of Kanchu and they don't know it. They think they're free, but they're really not. <laughs> so Ryan, that brings us to Lou's Big Three. Oh. Hit the theme. Lou's Big Three, it's you and me. We're going to get really free with Lou and me. We're going to ask fucking questions. Yeah, we are. Ask that shit because I'm an avatar. Ow! Beautiful. Lou's Big Three, number one. Is Arthur Harrow dead? Um, no, no, I don't think he is. No, but we saw we saw Jake shooting him, didn't we? We did, but you have to understand that he was he was his body. Well, you know what? By what they said, he should he's probably dead. Yeah, because they said all you have to do is put him into the body of a human, then kill it. Right? Sure, they said oh, that. Yeah. That, so that should be the case. But I have this feeling that maybe there's something special between Amit and Arthur that they have mm. they're meant to be together or something, and Amit's gonna like save him. I mean, yeah, if Kanchu can make can make Mark bulletproof when you know he's inside of him, then I'm sure Amit can do this too. That- um I, I don't so. believe for a second that Arthur is dead when yeah. I don't know where I don't know whether Jake was shooting like above him to like intimidate him or whatever or oh. like shooting him on purpose to prove that. But like I there's no part of me that believes that yeah. uh, Ethan Hawke is not coming back for Moon Knight season two. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I There's something about that. Just I don't think he's really he's not dead because yeah. just like in all in these, all these movies, if you don't see them die, there's something, there's something going on. Yeah. We see the perspective of the gun pointing, but we don't see the person getting shot. And that's in filmmaking terms, that's crucial. So yeah, we didn't see him die. We didn't see him get shot. It always leaves you an open to write a reason why they didn't die. (laughs) So, and then, and and then if, if Ethan Hawke is like too expensive or just won't come back for season two, they have, then and out, so they've left it open-ended enough for themselves. Yeah. So yeah, it's very convenient. It is. So, and I think even though they've said this is supposed to be a mini series, like a one-off limited series, I think after this season and the and the like, what people people really like it, I think they will do more. I think so too, and it's because it's not a real ending. If this was truly a mini series and they intended to only wrap it up after six episodes, that was not an ending. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Lou, are you ready for lose big three? Number two, do it. Lose big three. Number two, where did Jake Lockley come from? Like what need in Mark Spector's life did, uh, arose that made, made Jake Lockley necessary. I would think that Jake Lockley came later in his life. Like there was always Steven, his shield, his protector, but I feel like when later, when he became, you know, he was in the military, became a mercenary, I think that an extreme became necessary because you get put in these extremely um, life-threatening 
um, very scary situations when you're, you know, a mercenary. Uh, I think he was a Marine or something before being a mercenary, but either way, um, there's a lot of stress and a lot of, uh, deeply scary things that, uh, could end your life. So I think he created Jake as a way to protect himself from life-threatening situations. If you notice, it seems like Jake comes out when he's on the verge of death, when he's going to die, when someone's right there at his throat with a gun. That's when Jake comes out. So I think he was created later as a, as a fail-safe, a last resort. So Stephen was the shield and the protector, but when things got too, when things got too much, Jake was there to be the the almost psychopathic one kill so remorse just get me out of it so steven is the shield jake is the is yeah, the sword they more of the steven's the defense jake is the offense hmm. the good way maybe to put it yeah, um, in a pre in the, the last episode when uh, Mark is kind of telling his story, he mentions that uh, he was discharged from the military after going AWOL in a fugue state. Um, and a fugue state is basically like when you when you sort of black out and you don't know uh, what you're doing um, and you're just sort of behaving, but like you're outside of you're outside of your mind. You're not really in control. Right. Um, so it stands to reason that like this might've been, that might've been what he, what he was describing as like the origin of Jake, that something happened. He was probably like in a threatening situation. Jake came out to, to save him, um, but had control long enough that like Mark wasn't able to explain why he was wherever he was, whenever the military found him Mm -hmm. and they decided to separate him for like mental, you know, mental, health reasons or whatever. Um, and yeah, it's cause, cause Mark doesn't, if Mark is describing it as a fugue state, that means he blacked out and doesn't have the memories of it. And if it was Steven that he, that he had converted to in that fugue state, Steven would have a memory of that, of whatever that event was. Right. So I think that might've been like when Jake appeared for the first time. Yeah. Makes complete sense. Yeah, but I like your analysis that he's like he's the he's the weapon. Uh, Steve is the is the shield, but Jake's like the weapon. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, I like those deductions. Lose big three number three is alligator Loki, an avatar of the the Egyptian god Amun. If he's not, he should be. My God, what a match! Actually, one's a crocodile, one's an alligator. Good point. But that actually, that actually is kind of cool. A crocodile taking an alligator as his avatar. (laughs) You know, we look the same, but we're a little different. (laughs) You're not so different, you and I. She says, I mean, she says to Kanchi almost that there's so little difference between what we want for this world. Yes, that's perfect. Just because I'm a crocodile and you're an alligator. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad we were able to clear that up. Yeah. Uh, and those are my bit, my three most important questions after watching the entire series of, or at least season one of yeah. Moon Knight. Um, I do think there's going to be a season two. I think, I think out of, 
All the shows that we've gotten so far, Loki, I mean, Loki guaranteed one. Loki literally ended with Loki will return in season two. Um, but I think Moon Knight works uh, just as well as Loki as in terms of like setting up another yeah. s- another s- series. And I think it'll I think it'll be good. I think there is still a lot more story to tell. Absolutely. And I. I think you could so easily now go into a new season where Steven and Mark are living a great life, but now Jake, now they're, you have to go through this finding out what Jake's about and why he's there and they don't know he's there and they're figuring out him. And you could do a whole nother season and add some other twists and bangs in there. I think, uh, I think it totally should at least do bring them, do a movie or there's, he's gotta be, there's gotta be more. I, I want to see more yeah. Moon Knight. I want to see him in. I want to see him interact with other MCU people too. I know everyone's like, "Oh, it's great to have a standalone." Yeah, it was cool for one season, but now I want to see him fight with the Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to see. I want to see how Moon Knight fits into everything yeah. else that's going on. Um, and and there's precedent because like everything like no spoil. I'm not gonna. We're not. I'm not gonna talk about Doctor Strange, but like if you've seen the trailers, you know that. Characters from Marvel shows, the MCU TV shows, are in the MCU movies. So you could um, you could do anything now with the multiverse. The whole world is open. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, uh, so Ryan, that that about wraps up our coverage of Moon Knight. Um, how did you? How did you feel about it overall as a series? Like, what's your what are your final thoughts on Moon Knight? Overall, I think Moon Knight was absolutely fantastic. I thought that the finale could have been a little better. I'm not going to lie. But overall, I still love the show. Um, I think if I'm going to rank them, I would do the WandaVision, Loki, Moon I think those are my top three. I think that's how I'm going to, how I would do it. Um, Moon Knight is a great, it's really a great show. And I think that going on to a second season, streamline the streamline it a little bit. And now that you have a base down, I think a second season would be better than the first, you know, what people mm-hmm. liked and what they didn't and where to go with the character kind of. Uh, so I think that they could make it stronger and, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, I hate saying that as if like it it sucked, but it's my third favorite show. So it's not like it it was great. It's just the ending could have been stronger, but it was an amazing show. That's uh, and it's not that I even didn't like the finale. I, I, I super enjoyed it. Just uh, that, like I, like we talked about a couple things could have just been filled in to give some more understanding. It was very, some of the scene to scenes were a little jarring. Yeah. But it was great. Totally. I love Moon Knight. Uh, I love Oscar Isaac. I love Ethan Hawke. I mean, everybody in the show was great. It was really good. And like I said, probably number three. What, where would you, where would you put it? Exactly the same order. Um, WandaVision is number one. Loki's number two. Uh, this is number three. And then Falcon Winter Soldier, which I very, I liked very much, um, would be number four. Yes, definitely. And then I'd say what if, for me, what if would be five and Hawkeye would be last. Oh, okay. Hawkeye. Yeah. Hawkeye. Hawkeye's last. Um, 
<laughs> and I and I like Hawkeye, but it's yeah, it's easily last. Uh, I didn't know we were lumping What If in there. What If is actually my number three, and then Moon Knight, oh. and then really and then, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. So WandaVision, Loki, then What If. And you know what? I, that's that's also some recency bias because I I literally like as we're recording, I just came from seeing Doctor Strange. Um, before or after what if? Uh, Moon Knight right after what if? So Moon Knight's so WandaVision, Loki, and then and then what if? And then Moon Knight. That I can respect that because what if what if is is pretty fantastic, especially after seeing Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, things. But yeah. It, it's it so uh, yeah it's like a little bit of recency bias because I just saw that movie but it's it was so like it, it was great because what if works on its own mm-hmm. also knowing that it actually is has significance yeah. in the MCU now is really cool um, but also it, again I'm really trying to avoid spoilers you could watch Doctor Strange too without ever having seen what if and it's still like everything that what if brings into it still works you re- even if you have no reference for you it. really got to see wandavision though that that's all i think so i think that's vital you really got to see wandavision to to get doctor strange too it's a it's a real yeah. must watch yeah because otherwise it's a huge leap yeah. from where where uh wanda yeah. maximoff is at the end of endgame yeah. to where she is in doctor strange too if you don't watch yeah. wandavision you go from endgame to this and you're like what happened, Wanda? <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> man, is she fierce in this one. Holy. And, Oof, oh, she was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. And the way just, the way Sam Raimi, like, did it with the effects and the, the oh, it was just, it was fantastic. Really great. Yep. Um, so, uh, listeners, we have a, another piece of hate mail to read, uh, and and I well, I don't know if this is hate mail, but we got a, we got a p- piece of mail from a fan, um, and Ryan, would you like to read that email for Let's us? Do it. No. What's up, All robots right. versus dinosaurs? It's me, Conch Lu. Yeah, I'm an interdimensional god from another verse who manipulates humans into doing my bidding. So what? Who isn't these days? I'm writing in because I was sitting here with my buddy, Ryamit, the interdimensional alligator god of judgment. And we are listening uh-huh. to our favorite podcast, Robots vs. Dinosaurs, trying to figure out why your voices sound so similar. Then it mm. dawned on us, you're our wordly avatars who we bonded into a contract several hundred years ago. God damn it, I knew this would come back to us. Yeah, and that's why your podcast is so good. It's literally ordained by the gods. Hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to set the record straight on a few things. Gooey Lou is Gooey Lee isn't real. Roller isn't real. Their alternate personalities. Uh, excuse me. Their alternate personalities of the both of you. But you're the real you, except you're also us because you're avatars of interdimensional gods. Hope mm-hmm. that clears things up. Totally. I think that clears things up. By the Yeah, way, I'm, I'm not confused anymore. <laughs> it's all just come together. By the way, who would win in a fight? A flock of pterodactyls or falcon sidekick Red Wing? Keep up, keep up the great work. Can't wait for season two of Moon Knight. Sincerely, Conch Lu and Raya Mitt. Ah, thanks, Conch Lu and Raya Mitt. That was a great question. 
that was really kind of our benevolent uh, interdimensional gods that control us like puppets to, to send that email in. Damn, that was that was that was crazy. The fact that they would admit all that in a text or an email—that's that's impressive. It is. There's there's a lot in there, but the most important question was uh, the bit at the end: mm. the the uh, pterodactyls versus red wing. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to dig into that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've already got Ryan. Can you remind the listeners who, who Red Wing is Red, and where we saw Red Wing? Yeah, Red Wing is Falcon's little buddy who kind of pops off the back of him and does his little, his little uh, you know, espionage, uh, <laughs> you know, things. He's, he's his camera, his eyes, his, his uh, sneaks in on people, his, his spy, you know, his little robot bird. Okay. And uh, what are pterodactyls, just to remind the audience? <laughs> pterodactyls are a flying uh, winged uh, pterosaur, not a dinosaur. I'd like to make that very clear. And um, mm-hmm. But they lived flying in lizard. the... Uh, yes. And they lived in the era of dinosaurs. So they're dinosaur-esque. But they are very... By, by the... By the loose definition that this podcast assigns to things, it's a dinosaur. They count <laughs> dinosaurs here, yeah, exactly. And then uh, you know, so you got uh, you got basically robot versus biological. I am usually going to give uh, the win to the robot here, and and I'm gonna, and I know it's a flock. I know it's a flock, but Red Wing is so super maneuverable. And also mm. little rockets. Ding, ding, ding. I think Red Wing's going to take this. I mean, you just have to dip through the flock in and out. Bah, 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 bah. You could have, there may be, pterodactyls aren't, I mean, they're big. They're huge. It's, it's like a fly, it's like a Cessna trying to like make like, <laughs> make like a, a quick turn. Red Wing's going to be all over them. All over them. And that's... I agree with your assessment. I think um, for all the same reasons, Red Wing is more maneuverable. Red Wing has high-powered lasers and all sorts of weapons. Um, But limited ammunition. Like, at some point, Red Wing is going to run out of ammo. So so I think the question comes down to, just like with Johnny Five, what is the maximum number of pterodactyls? Exactly. How many pterodactyls are we dealing with? How large are the missiles on Red Wing? How many pterodactyls mm. can you take out per per missile? I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Five pterodactyls. Easy, Red Wing. <laughs> 20, 20 pterodactyls. Once you get up to 20, I... I Red Wing's sweating a little bit. Because he's small, so how many missiles can he, can he have? So you have yeah. 20 pterodactyls, I think... You're gonna have you're gonna have to have sacrifices on the pterodactyl side. You're gonna have to have sacrifices mm-hmm. who will willingly go in there, deplete Red Wing's ammo, so that the yeah. pterodactyls think can then go in and attack. Yeah, yeah, that's so. It, it, the numbers are important. Five Red Wing, twenty pterodactyls. So okay, so yeah, we're set, we're putting it somewhere between like <laughs> twenty and thirty. Before Red Wing goes down. You're up around 20 is when Red Wing starts having some problems. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I'm glad that we're answering. We're back to answering important yeah. questions here on Fair. Robots vs. <laughs> Dinosaurs. <laughs> My goodness, um, I love it. Anybody that uh, anybody that we would recast in the final episode of Moon Knight as uh, Danny DeVito or Whoopi Goldberg, or have we have we already kind of exhausted? those options throughout the series as long as you can get arnold schwarzenegger in we can have danny devito and arnold schwarzenegger as mark and steven that would be just fantastic twins baby yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely guest star arnie uh awesome well ryan i want to thank you again for doing episode by episode coverage of yet another marvel series no problem Listeners, if you want to hear more of Ryan and my conversations about Marvel shows, you can go back and uh, check the feed. And in all of the bonus episodes of Robots vs. Dinosaurs, we have covered every episode of WandaVision, every episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, every episode of Loki. Uh, We kind of talked about What If a little bit. Yeah. And what if, we talked about Hawkeye, but we didn't we didn't do episode by episode coverage of the. What if those. the Hawkeye we kind of went, although kind of you know, what if would have been cool because like you said there was robots which would have been nice, but at the time it was just like eh, you know. Kind of yeah. Same way about Miss Marvel too. I don't know about that one, but we'll. <laughs> the Miss Marvel show. Uh, when does that come out? In June. June. Um, I think it'll be uh, a stretch to see if, and do, do you see how that's a pun? Yeah. It's Marvel's powers. Um, a, it's not even a pun, but anyway, um, stre- <laughs> it'll be a stretch to believe that that show is going to be heavy with robots or dinosaurs. But I'll tell you what, I'll watch the, I'll, let's watch the pilot and then we'll decide whether or okay. not we're going to cover it. All right, we can go with that. We can go with that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, awesome. So, uh, thanks again for listening to our show. Um, maybe we'll, we'll come hit you up with a Dr. Strange, uh, episode cause, um, that movie, I, oof, that movie was great. I'm, I'm, let's just say it qualifies for the podcast. That's all I can say yeah. without being spoilery. <laughs> Base. Both ways. Right, right, right. There's yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying really hard not to over-describe, and, but I'm so excited. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do a coverage of that. Uh, maybe we'll do an episode on that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I, w- I think I would like to watch it again before we do, because I want to have... Um, I want to be able to, like, take notes and really take it in. Um, yep. So we'll figure that Good out. Good move. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I plan to watch it again. I, pl- I plan to go see it in theater again. So... Mm. But yeah, cool. Good show. All right, awesome. So until next time, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, Ryan, close us out. Hey, it's good to see you guys. And uh, it's been a great run of Moon Knight. And until the next show, until the next movie, until the next robot, until the next dinosaur, we'll see you then. Ryan and Lou out. His old buddy, Kanchu is in the limousine. You were the only real superpower I ever had. He just kind of dies, huh? Stefan Raquel is cool, he's smooth, he's suave or whatever. Get back!
back in there and balance your souls. When danger is near, Stephen Grant has no fear. No, mate, don't do it. I've used a flare zero times as a weapon in my life. Here's the thing. Wally, Wally is not programmed to fight. Your mama was a snowblower. The moon night time is the moon right time. I am justice. It's not an accent. This is how I talk. You good for nothing mooks still haven't answered my question. So which is it? A brontosaurus or the frickin' Terminator? Oh, he's just a fancy drunk. Dude, he's gonna cut all the heads off the velociraptors and it's all over.